So go ahead and have a seat. Don't worry, I'm not going to go long since we're starting a little bit early. We're, we changed it up a little bit, but it's good to be back for some of you that don't know where I've been, wondering where's this guy been, because I haven't been here in a while. I uh, had my knee replaced on January 30th, so if you didn't know that, now you know. And for several of you that have had this procedure done, I'm glad that you were not 100% completely honest with me, because the first, let me tell you, the first two, and three, two or three weeks are the most awful thing I've ever been through in my life. So, it wasn't easy preparing this week. So if I start rambling and nothing makes any sense, just, uh, I'm blaming it on the surgery. So I'm going to give you permission to fall asleep. Just don't snore and, and, and fall out of your chair, please. That's the only thing I ask. So today we're going we're gonna to go back into Acts. We're going to look at Acts, and we're going to actually pick up where Aiden left off. We're going to continue the story of Philip. If you remember, Philip was in Samaria, and we saw Philip. He was really kind of a rock star there. Philip was, he was preaching the new, good news. He was preaching the gospel, that he was healing people. There was demons being cast out, and he had this huge crowd of people that would come and, and follow him. They would come just to be around him, to hear what he had to say. So I think you could say in, in some terms that he was, he was killing it. He was killing it for the gospel. Here is Philip just, just preaching about Jesus, doing the work for him, and just, just doing a fantastic job. And as I said, he was killing it probably gaining some fame. Everybody was, he was the talk of the town. People that were hearing that would just, as I said, large crowds to come hear this message, to see these miracles that Philip was performing. And I thought about that and I said, you know, if that was me, maybe a lot of us, I think a temptation that we might fall into is that we might embrace that fame. We might embrace that fame and start to think that, well, maybe they actually are coming to see me. Maybe Philip's saying, we're coming to see, it's in, and thinking it's about me. It's about Philip. And we lose focus on who the fame should be given to. Because Jesus is the one that fame should be given to, right? Isn't that, the, that, isn't that our nature, though? That we start to tend to become absorbed into ourselves. When things are going well, we, we seem to lose sight of why things are going well, or we credit to ourselves of, of why it's going well. Maybe even when they're going bad, we tend to focus on, on the bad rather than focusing on Jesus. Now these last three and a half, four weeks when I was whining about my knee, how uncomfortable I was, and just it was hurting, and I just, you know, feeling sorry for myself, going, why did I do this to myself? Why did I do this? And, well, you know who I was focused on? I was focused on me. And every day I had to go, oh, yeah, God, you, you have this. Like, you're the healer. You'll, you'll heal this. I had to turn my focus on God rather than just focusing on me. And the funny thing was, is when I did that, even though I didn't really go out of my house too much, there was still some opportunities I had in people's lives, just the small people that I had in contact with, that, to share the good news with them, to speak about Jesus. Once I stopped making it all about me. But I don't think Philip, I don't see any indication that Philip made it about him. He just keeps on killing it. He just keeps on killing it for Jesus. So let's begin in Acts 8. We're going to start in verse 26. We're going to start and stop a lot. We're going to go Acts 26 through 40. So let's look at verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
Now, the message translation, it says this, they use the word desolate road. So telling me what's being told here is that Philip is being told to leave this rock star life, this life where he's got large crowds. He's, 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 he's the, the real deal in Samaria. Like everybody wants to come see him. And he's told to go on this desolate road. Leave all your companions, leave all your friends, leave all your comforts, leave those large crowds that are coming to hear you, being told, go walk on some deserted road that probably no one's on. Not really given a reason why. Now, last summer I had to drive from Mile City to Wright, Wyoming. And if you've ever driven that road, um, it is about two and a half and three hours of nothing. It's a good place to see how fast your car can go because there's no, no police on that road. But that's what it was like. I think a lot of us have been on roads like that where it's just, there's nobody there. Like, you're just by yourself. But that's what this angel, I think, told Philip to go. Go leave all of this and go on this road that nobody knows about. So let's continue the story. So he started on. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. So what we hear is see is Philip was obedient. He's obedient to God. Notice, now Philip had an angel speak to him. He had the Holy Spirit speak to him. And this maybe is because Philip needed a little extra incentive, needed a little extra encouragement, because if he's like me or maybe like some of you, that we need that a little bit. Those times when we know we're supposed to do something, but we procrastinate, and we say, yeah, I'll get around to it. Which, really what that means is that's code for, I'm never going to do that. And actually, I don't think Philip was like that at all. As I said, Philip was, he's killing it for Jesus, and I think he was obedient to Jesus that whatever Jesus told him to do, he was going to go do it. Wherever Jesus sent him, he was going to go there. Because his focus, his focus was on Jesus. It wasn't about Philip. It wasn't about himself. Philip was all about this life in Jesus, all about living that life. And is that what we're all about? Are we about being so obedient to Jesus, living this life for Jesus, that we'll do whatever's asked of him. Now, I, I hate to admit this, but the first week of the surgery, I kind of put God somewhere in my house. I put him somewhere. I don't know where he was because I wasn't focused on him. I was too absorbed with me thinking, just, just trying to make it through the day. Just like, okay, one more day. One more day. That I just, God wasn't in my day. I, I wasn't killing it. And then one night, because... Sleep is very hard to come by, and so it's about 2 in the morning, and I'm about to lose my mind, and I cried out to God, and you know what? He was there. He's been there the whole time. It's just me that, that wasn't obedient enough to know that he was there. He's there to guide me. He's there to comfort me. He was there the entire time. And when I said that I mentioned earlier, when I stopped focusing on me and I became obedient, that some doors opened for me to talk about Jesus to people. My physical therapy, Friday, we had a conversation all about today, about me preaching up here today about Jesus. I had a conversation with, I had a call from somebody that's looking for a job at the pharmacy, 
And we had a conversation about me being a pastor, and the conversation ends with her just kind of sharing some stuff in her life because I'm a pastor and, and, and just about God. Once I got the focus off of me and became obedient to God. Now, obedience might be, am I being attentive to God's voice? Am I listening to God's voice? Sometimes, like Philip says he had an angel, had the Holy Spirit speak. It might be loud and clear. Sometimes that voice is just a gentle whisper. Maybe it's just a feeling. But can we be obedient to God when we hear those prompts, when we hear those little nudges, feel those little nudges? Can we be obedient and then follow through? Follow through what we're being asked to do. So what's next for Philip? Remember, Philip was told by the Spirit to go to the chariot and stay near it. This is what it says. It says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Philip had a sense of urgency. Do we have this urgency for obeying God? It said Philip ran. He ran to the chariot. He didn't wait. Now, I'm told that I have one speed, and it's not very fast. It's even slower now. But when there's something urgent and it needs my attention, I do have another gear, and I can speed that up. Now, if some of you were here last week and you heard Pastor Stan speak, he told you the story of, if you remember, remember he told the story about he went to church at Faith Chapel, and there was this family, and one of the sons was a homeless, was homeless, and just his life was kind of off the rails. He was kind of in a mess, but he wanted to talk to Stan. So Stan goes to church, and as he's coming into church, like he sees the guy at another door. But Stan just proceeds to go into, sit down in the sanctuary where he usually sits. Service starts. He didn't really have this sense of urgency. But then the Holy Spirit was just nudging at him. And he finally gets up. He's ha- he, he realizes the urgency. He realizes that I need to be obedient to this. He stands up. He goes out into the lobby. He asks somebody only to find out guy's already left. The man's left. Because Stan didn't see the urgency right away, and he missed that opportunity. So when we hear God's voice, do we see the urgency in that? When I get around to it, that might be too late. Words like someday. Well, maybe tomorrow. Someday in the future. When I have time, I'll do that. All kinds of words that we use to put off what's right in front of us to do today. Having the sense of urgency to do what God is asking us to do when he asks us to do it. And why? Why should we have this urgency? Because you don't know when someday, someday might not come. Someday might be the difference of really somebody spending eternity in heaven or spending eternity in hell. Because the reality is, is this urgency? There's lives at stake. These lives create this urgency. Now, I might have used this in the past. It's been a few years, but I, I, I like the band Nickelback. Some of you guys may know who that is. Um, some of you have no idea who I'm talking about. And some of you are going, you're old. 
Um, variety of, of things by that. But, but actually, Nickelback has a lot of good songs that I, could, I, could, I should probably do a series on that because you could preach on some of the things they say. But they have this song called Someday. And the song is about this, this man and woman have a fight. And the, she's either a wife or a girlfriend. It doesn't, I don't really know. But she leaves in her car. And then the song is about someday they're going to reconcile. Someday it'll be better. Someday there's going to be this urgency to, to work this out. Someday there'll be, you know, to be on the same page. But someday never comes. Because the woman gets in a car wreck and is killed. There's no someday. It's too late. Do we have that urgency? What we can see by Philip running to this chariot is that, that when he had this angel or we had this angel, this Holy Spirit, or just a little nudge to do something, don't wait for someday. Run. Run with this sense of urgency. Because there might be a life at stake. All right, let's continue. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please. Who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So here we see Philip seized the opportunity, seized the opportunity to tell the eunuch about the gospel message, to tell him about Jesus. I think what we can see is this, make the most of every opportunity. When we hear God's voice, when we have this sense of urgency, we need to now make the most of this opportunity that's been given to us. And notice, when Philip started this conversation, he asked a question. He started with a question. Asking the unit, do you understand what you're reading? And then Philip didn't go off on some tangent. He started right where the man was, right where this eunuch was reading. And then he we don't know the exact words, but he brought it to Jesus, that Jesus fulfilled this prophet's prophecy. We don't see Philip really having an agenda. We don't see Philip having some memorized speech or some memorized Bible verse or some memorized thing that he's told that, that this is what you have to say to everybody. And we've experienced that person, right? We've experienced that person that, that one, maybe you just, just like spilled your guts, like you said, okay, this person, I trust this person, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going just, just gonna to say, like, hey, I don't, I'm struggling here. I don't understand this. And then this person rattles off some bi memorized Bible verse and starts talking about starving children in Africa and how I don't have it that bad, and I just need to blank. And then probably rattles off another Bible verse. And I feel like me, my reaction is my ears just shut off. I just don't listen anymore. But Philip simply started where the eunuch was at. He started where he didn't take the conversation from here to there. 
He just started where the eunuch was struggling. Philip was probably using the, the, the Holy Spirit was guiding him. And what we see is the eunuch accepting the message of the gospel. And we, we'll see that in a few minutes that, that is, the eunuch is baptized. We see evidence of that. Now, I would imagine that the conversation that Philip, he kept it about the eunuch. And he kept it about Jesus. And he didn't simply recite Bible verses or, or say things. But he was showing the eunuch how Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy and how Jesus is the answer to these struggles that the eunuch was having, those struggles that we have. And he's relating to the eunuch. And he's showing how Jesus can also relate to the eunuch. Taking the opportunity probably to love the eunuch. And then this love is giving the eunuch the opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus. In our office, in our workplace, people confide in us, tell us their worries. Maybe they're worried for their job, worried for their marriage, worried for their children. Whatever it is, that's an opportunity. Those of you that are in school, you might be in school and, and, and you might hear things like, ah, nobody likes me. This is a waste of time. I don't have any friends. I don't know why I'm here. That's an opportunity. Really, anywhere in your life, if you're at the grocery store, if you're at the gym, if you're at a restaurant, you're at a coffee shop, anywhere we go in our life, that's an opportunity. So don't miss this passing chariot on this deserted road that nobody else is probably on. You might be the only one this person ever comes in contact with this road. And that chariot door is probably open. It's probably open for you to have an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Because there's a life at stake, right? All right, let's continue. Let's finish this section out. Well, verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being, my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. So here's our evidence that the eunuch accepted Jesus. We don't know the words that Philip said. We don't know the details, but we know the results. We see the kingdom of God growing once again. The family of believers is growing. We've seen this in Acts. We see it over and over and over again. And then once someone believes, puts their faith in Jesus, the next step is to be baptized. To publicly say, I'm a follower of Jesus now. This old life of mine, that's gone. And I am this new life in Jesus. This new eternal life that's forever going to be in the presence of God. Because lives are at stake. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. That deserves a few comments. Because we just saw proof in the Bible, proof that teleportation does exist. Because Philip was here, and now he's over there. And he didn't walk there. That's not normal. I've never seen that. And I would defy that none of you, I bet none of you have never seen that. That'd be like if I'm sitting here speaking, I'm sitting here all of a sudden speaking, and then poof, I'm in prior at my friend Jay's church. And you're like going, okay, what happened to him? Because that's not normal. 
I think I'd be a little freaked out. I bet all of you would be a little freaked out. But what do we see the people doing? What do we see the eunuch doing? He's, they're rejoicing. Because they're not surprised. They're not confused. Just rejoicing in the Lord. Now, maybe you'd be rejoicing because I'm finally done. But I think you just go, oh, that's just God being God. Because remember, we see signs and wonders. We see miracles happening. And you are just rejoicing, worshiping God. Because you know it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about Philip. You're not really wondering where I am. You're just focused on God. And you're rejoicing in him. And that's what Philip was. That's what we, we can be. Is Let's be focused on God. Verse 40 says, Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Philip didn't really seem to be freaked out that one minute he's in the chariot and next minute he's 20 minutes away, 20 miles away. He simply looked around, goes, oh, more people. He's obedient. He had the sense of urgency. And he goes, up, oh, more opportunities to share the gospel. Here I go. Why? Because he's focused on Jesus. Focused on the work that Jesus had for him. It didn't matter where he was. It didn't matter if he was teleported or, or he walked there or whatever it was. Wherever he was was a place to preach the gospel. Philip, now remember at the beginning, Philip was in Samaria preaching the gospel. Large crowds. Lots of people hearing the gospel. Lots of people accepting Jesus. And Jesus tells him, leave all that. Go to this desolate road, this deserted road. And he finds one man to tell about the gospel. Now, doesn't that seem kind of strange? Like, I'm a person that likes to get the most bang for their buck. If you know me, that's, you'll you hear that. Like, if I'm just going to get a little, I'm not doing it. I want big bang for my buck. I want to make the most impact I can. And wouldn't you think that staying in Samaria, that he would have got more bang for his buck for people hearing the gospel? But if you remember, this eunuch was a big deal in Ethiopia. He was, a tr- he was in charge of the treasury. He was in charge of all the money. And I bet he had some influence in that country, and I bet he had people that listened to him. So now we see one person is going to now take the message of Jesus, this gospel message, back to Ethiopia to share it with an entire nation. Now that's a big bang for your buck. Because Philip was being obedient. He had urgency. He was taking every opportunity, and he was focused, focused on the message, focused on the good news, focused on Jesus. This message of Jesus, taking this message of Jesus to the world. And now we've just seen it's grown to to a whole other continent. Has any of that changed for us over the years? Has any of that changed? Is any of this this, this what we're supposed to be doing? No. Because right now, there are still a lot of people. There's more and more probably every day right now. They don't even know who Jesus is. No idea who he is. No idea. They have no idea what Bible stories are. They don't know about the birth of Jesus. They They don't know anything. So maybe we need to follow this example of Philip. Be obedient. Be where God wants you to be. And go there. 
have a sense of urgency. Because someday, that might be too late. Look for opportunities. Be watching for opportunities. Be ready. Be ready to meet people where they're at in their life. Listen first. Then meet the person where they're at. And help them understand Jesus. And then be focused. Regardless of where you are. Are you focused on Jesus? Are you focused to be able to share Jesus with whoever and wherever you find yourself and under who knows what conditions? Regardless of where you find yourself, God God can use you. It might be in the job you hate. God can still give you opportunities. It might be in jail. It might be in prison. It might be because you're homeless and on the streets. It might be in a gas station. It can be anywhere. It doesn't matter where you physically are. Like Philip on this desolate road that no one's even supposed to be on. God used him to to make the kingdom bigger for a random meeting with a eunuch that then brought the entire message of Jesus to an entire nation. Trust God. Be focused. And regardless of your situation, Know that God's going to provide opportunities. He's going to provide you opportunities to share the good news, to share the message of Jesus. Because lives are at stake. And it's not just your life. So let's all be killing it. Killing it for Jesus. Sharing the message of Jesus. Sharing this message that gives life. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for this example of Philip. This example of Philip that of just it doesn't matter where we are at, Lord, if we are focused on you, that you will provide opportunities, Lord. And, and I just pray that, that we all take advantage of those opportunities. Lord, and I pray that we all have a sense of urgency, that we don't put off what should be done today till tomorrow. Lord, that we realize there are lives at stake. Lord, I just pray that our focus is such that we're like Philip, that we're, our lives, that there is fruit just coming everywhere, that we're like Philip. We're killing it. We're killing it for the gospel. We're killing it for, for this message of life that comes from your son, Jesus. And maybe today there's someone in this room that, that you're like the eunuch, and you haven't really understood what this Jesus thing is all about. And maybe you've heard something today or, or maybe you just felt a little nudge and, and you realized that, ah, I know what this Jesus is about now. This Jesus came to give me life. This Jesus came to forgive my sins. This Jesus came to give me a, a life that I can leave all this stuff behind, that I don't need to do life by myself anymore, that I can give my life to Jesus. And I want to I have Jesus be the boss of my life. I want Jesus to come into my life, and I want to turn the reins over to him. So if that's you, and if you want to just maybe look up at me and raise your hand and and say yes to Jesus, say yes to Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, just help us to go forward this week and really just have opportunities, Lord. I pray that all of us have opportunities like we've never had before. And Lord, I pray that next week that 
just in the lobby or just in the greeting time, Lord, that we all have stories that we can tell of, of just like we see in Acts, of people, the kingdom of God growing every day, that there are people in our lives, Lord, that surrender their lives to Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.